can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. I thought we could do, what did you put on your face this morning? Uh, Yes, testing my memory. Uh, Lucky we are recording in the morning, so it was only 40 minutes ago. I put on Cosmetic Surge, which is a hydrating serum. It's got like, oh, it smells amazing. It's got like, you know, cinnamides, hyaluronic acids, like heaps of different hydrating ingredients. Really love that one. She's bougie, but she's beautiful. Um, And then I put on my Murad Dark Circle Corrector because I just, I don't want to talk about my dark circles right now. They're really bothering Mm me. And then I put on Phytostat 9. Mm -hmm. And then I put on my Lash Serum, which is the IMB. And you know what? I haven't actually put on sunscreen today. I just realized. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you might be okay today. I think I might be okay. It's raining and gray outside um, and there's no light in coming in my room whatsoever. You saw me on Zoom before. It was like I was in a dungeon. So yeah. I'm probably okay. But I did forget that this morning because we recorded, started recording really early. So I just kind of forgot. Um, what are you wearing on your face? <laughs> okay. So I actually, um, because you booked in an 8.30 um, interview and yeah. I obviously Despite like, saying oh yeah I'm available from 8 30 she cracks the shits when there's but no I'm fine it's actually good because like I've been in a really bad sleep pattern so it's like getting, getting uh, back into okay. the yep. but because of that I literally got woke up got a coffee sat at my desk no shower no skincare no nothing oh okay um, so I'm gonna do yesterday morning instead <laughs> yeah good idea <laughs> so I've been using the core organics Milky mushroom gentle cleansing oh, oil. I know I'm I hate still hate mushroom. so cut that that person broke that for me. Oh yes, have you told you that story? That. You won't no, go into that. No, I haven't that. told that story. <laughs> I I then used the Aspect Pigment Punch mm-hmm. after that. Then I used I think it's the Skin Virtue Future Advanced Brightening Serum. Yep, that mm-hmm. one's for dark spots and uneven skin tone. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also used the ASAP DNA. And then over the top, I'm using at the moment the um, what's it called? Also Cora Organics. Oh, the turmeric. Um, turmeric glow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I haven't yeah. used that yet. I need to get onto that. I just want to finish my Phytostat 9 because I'm nearly through it. So I just I once know, I'm done with that. For me, Phytostat 9 is so thin. Like not what's the it's like got a thin consistency. Yeah. I and like, you like com- something really rich, even really though I'm rich. the one with dry skin. <laughs> yeah, I like really rich and thick. Mm-hmm. I know it gives me it does <laughs> I like my men. Yeah. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, even though I do get like, if I use thick stuff, I do like it does cause a couple of breakouts every now and then. I do mm-hmm. find that it's much better for the anti aging for me. Okay, yeah, good to know. Yeah, I need that. To get that glow, like glowy, plump skin, I need something mm-hmm. thick. So, yeah, that was me. That's what's on your face. All right, well, we've got nothing else for you. So, uh, what's on this episode today, Anna? <laughs> On the, today's episode, Dr. Lucinda is joining us to talk about conjunctivitis. Then we're talking to Dr. Nina Wines about teen skincare and, of course, the products we didn't know we needed. 
For some reason, I thought we'd already done conjunctivitis because we've done a couple of like eye topics before, but we of course had to invite Dr. Lucinda back on to talk about conjunctivitis because we needed a GP's perspective. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, everybody. No, it's great to be back. <laughs> I can't believe you've not talked about conjunctivitis yet, actually. I know. I feel like we we may have mentioned it in some episodes. I just don't think we've done a whole segment on it. I have experienced conjunctivitis, I think, three times as an adult. Oh, no. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, as an adult. Oh, I've only, had it, I've only had it as a child. I thought this was a child's disease. <laughs> I've had it once as an adult, but I was working on a peds ward. So I just yes. like kid like cough and touch my eye. I was like, no. So I think all of the times I've caught conjunctivitis have, has been from kids. And this just reinforces mm. like I just kids have so many germs. They do. <laughs> like, they they do. get worms, they get conjunctivitis. They do. Lice. <laughs> yeah, lice. Yep. Um, so conjunctivitis, tell us what we need to know. Is there a few different types? Because I feel like maybe there is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are a few different types. So we'll start off with what it actually is to begin with. Mm -hmm. So basically on your eye, you've got something called the conjunctiva, which is the white part of your eye. So there's a thin layer of tissue. That's a thin layer of tissue basically that covers the white ball of your eye and also um, the inside of the eyelids as well. What's important to note, it does not cover the cornea, which is the colored part of the eye. And that's important when it comes to trying to figure out if it is conjunctivitis or if it's something more serious. And so basically, commonly with conjunctivitis, you'll get, you know, that little bit of pink eyes, some discharge, whether it's watery or pussy, maybe a gritty sensation, sometimes eyelid swelling. And then only sometimes you'll get vision disturbance only because of the discharge. So normally you blink, 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 gets better, mm. goes away. It's when those things aren't sort of working when you're blinking and actually, in fact, your vision's very blurry. That's when you know it's affecting that colored part of the eye where your vision's trying to come through. And that's really, really important. And it's totally different. And make sure you go and see someone about it. Then going on to like basically the causes. So the most common cause is infectious. Um, the most common being like viral. Um, that's normally seen in adults, whereas kids tend to get the more bacterial ones. Mm-hmm. Um and then you've got allergic type, which is like classically from your dust or your pollen. Sometimes people are allergic to animal dander, sometimes also like related to um, certain chemicals and products as well. If you've injured your eye also, also wearing contact lenses or preservatives and eye drops. Those are all other things that can close with. Well, um, I'm surprised I haven't had it. Yeah. That's why I was shocked, Hannah, because you wear yeah. contacts. I feel like you've had eye issues a lot. And I thought, of course, you're going to have. I have a conjunctivitis story. I mean, I think I'm very like hygienic when it comes to my contact lenses. So I use dailies. I put new ones in, throw them out at the end of the day. I can't believe you didn't get conjunctivitis when you wore those monthly ones on your school camp. <laughs> but maybe I did though because I ha- I remember getting it once or twice when I was younger yeah. as a teenager. It's possible because I used to have the monthlies that go in and out. Oh, yeah. it gives me – it actually <sighs> – triggers me the feeling of like putting those monthly ones back in oh god anyway obviously I'm not prone to conjunctivitis Joe, you're more yeah. prone than me clearly I feel like I must be I went I know it's coming on because I get like a it's almost like a sore eye. it's not itchy but it just feels like irritated yeah yeah and then I would wake up the next day and ha- like my whole eye would be covered in <laughs> just like when you said discharge, I'm like, I need a panty liner for like under yeah. your eye, <laughs> for my eye, like, yeah, like a really mini good. one. 
Well, it's when it crusts over and I, I'm scared to like wash it off because then I'm like, what if my eyelashes come out? Oh, my God. Because if you God. get it badly, like your eyes are really shut quite hard with the like the crustiness so how do you recommend like taking that off would would it be like warm water because I think that's what I used to do literally is so like warm compresses so classically what we ask mm. people to do is boil boil kettle and let it cool down um obviously if you can't see at all at this point it's probably not <laughs> impossible to do this um but yeah and then you get one of those sort of cotton pads soak them and just soak your eyes and you just do that several times a day just wiping away but do not like reuse don't take the same cotton pad and put on the other yeah, eye yeah no 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 <laughs> don't don't go there no um so yeah that's commonly what to do but also you can use like artificial tears as well so they can be pretty good also remove your contact lenses and do not put them back in until like you know until it's completely resolved even like 24 hours after it's completely resolved will probably be best and also things Mm -hmm. like makeup and cosmetics just shouldn't be applied around the eye and it's really hard because I've seen people where they're like I need to wear makeup and I'm like I know I know but I'm sorry like you you can just like prolong it or make it worse and like maybe cause a bacterial one if it was just a viral one to begin with like it's it's annoying but it's just the best thing to do really yeah so could you get conjunctivitis from eye makeup products you can um like especially i i have a feeling maybe the ones that are a bit old as well like the yes. ones that you should have thrown away like i still have yeah. eyeliner i don't use it internally but i still have eyeliner for my mom from when she was in her like 20s or what? 30s i know no i know i know but there's such a Lucinda. nice color and they were like you've said them all and it's like this bright green and i'm like oh my god it's so good so i've been really really lucky so far oh it's so bad please don't do this at home <laughs> but essentially like I find that children seem to be the vector of most of these kind of illnesses. But mm. also with the viral with the viral conjunctivitis, there's lots of common colds um, that can like cause conjunctivitis. And also, ah. I know this sounds really weird, but it's actually even a symptom of COVID potentially also, ah. um, which is really okay. strange, but it's like a viral symptom. But basically the adenovirus is the most common uh, virus that can cause uh, viral conjunctivitis. And basically we're doing swabs on like everyone at the moment because everyone's unwell and like we're doing viral screens and majority of people have adenovirus basically going on at the moment mm-hmm. but there's also other types of viruses that can cause conjunctivitis so like the cold sore virus so you can spread that over to your ah. eyes or like shingles and those are really quite dangerous like if shingles is really dangerous in your eyes isn't it so dangerous like with both both of those you can go blind basically because what happens is that you start developing an ulcer that goes over the cornea so like the colored part of your eye oh. um so like for that the normally requires like oral and topical antivirals and stuff so it's like really important but and also you know molluscum um, why do I know that word? <laughs> uh, you, uh, you, you've definitely talked about it, I think, on one podcast a while ago. Um, and it's basically these white pearly uh, papules that can occur on the skin. They're commonly found with kids. And they're like... Yeah, I was going to say, are they them. common in babies? Yeah, really common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you can also get them spread to your eyes as well. And that can cause a little uh. bit of conjunctivitis too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so those are like your major like viral ones. And it, it normally starts in one eye. 
and then it usually spreads then to the other eye. That happened to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the major difference between viral and bacterial is the type of discharge. So in viral, it's, and also an allergic uh, conjunctivitis, it's normally like a watery discharge. Whereas mm-hmm. in bacterial, it's normally like a yellow, greeny discharge. And, and the viral ones tend to last a lot longer as well. They can last, you know, even if you're really unlucky, up to four weeks. Really? Um, yeah. Oh. Really ugh, annoying. And bacterials normally within a week, it gets better. So in a general sense, what's the best way to treat both? Like if you were just, if you woke up with it one day, do you have to go to your doctor? So you don't necessarily have to go to your doctor. So if you've just got mild symptoms, like a little bit of grittiness, it's a little bit sore, a little bit of discharge, you can try to treat it yourself. Because uh, this is something that happens to so many people, especially kids. Like if all mm. the kids in the world came to see us with their mild conjunctivitis, we wouldn't have time <laughs> to see anyone else, I don't think. Um, <laughs> and so parents do an awesome job of looking after their kiddies, I feel like, because we barely see any. But you essentially just have to do these warm compresses and clean the eyes like as often as sort of the discharge is coming. And also, like I said, sort of things like artificial eye drops. You can mm-hmm. take like antihistamines if it's getting really itchy and gritty as well. And there's also sort of like antihistamines that you can uh, get from the chemist as well the thing is is that if it's getting really mucky and like it's getting difficult to see or there's a lot of pain in the eye definitely go and see a gp because the thing is in australia in comparison to the uk so it's not available in the uk to buy over the counter but you've got the antibiotic eye drops over the counter to that you can buy here and it's you know it's okay to do that as long as you know that it is definitely a bacterial conjunctivitis and that you're used Mm. to it but the thing is, is that there's certain types of infection where it's not going to cover it and you need to be cautious because if you're not treating it with the right thing, then you could go blind in certain instances. Like with the bacterial ones, for example, um, that also includes STIs like chlamydia and gonorrhea. So you can ah. get that in your eye. It's less common and it tends to be a lot gunkier. And then the other thing, I guess, is like the allergic one, which is pretty common as well. Like, you know, with your hay fever symptoms, sometimes you get like Mm -hmm. a gritty, itchy eye. Sometimes it can be like quite red and it's usually both eyes as well. And like we sort of mentioned a bit before, dust is something, also animal danders. Those are the two most common things as well as pollen and also even molds as well can cause it. So usually with stuff like that, like if it's dust, it's like removing the carpet or just sort of vacuum cleaning, doing all of that kind of stuff, washing your pillows and everything with hot water. And then obviously if it's sort of like other sort of drops and things that you want to use, artificial tears are really good. But the thing is with artificial tears, it's really important to bear in mind that if you're using it long term or at least like six times a day, get the preservative free ones because preservatives and eye drops, they can cause eye irritation themselves or Mm -hmm. they can like lose their effect. So there's loads out there. So just um, that's like a little tip there. And try not to use decongestants for the eyes as well because you know like how you have cold flu medication that contains decongestants um, Mm -hmm. or nasal sprays specifically so your body gets really really used to it and so it, it makes you sort of use it more and more because like like for example, you know, the ones with the nasal ones, like your nose feels like it's clogging back up again. So you need to use yeah. it to open it up. So same thing with the eye, it'll just sort of get used to it. So 
I would recommend using like an antihistamine eye drop like IZEP or um, they call it like a mast cell stabilizer, which is like a, a similar kind of like thing to antihistamines where it helps reduce the response to what's happening to the outside world. And Zyrtec seems to be a good one for that and fine to use like long term. So yeah, so those are like your major types of like conjunctivitis really. Great. Well, I mean, you covered off more than I thought it would to be quite honest. <laughs> Um, I feel quite alone that I'm the only adult here that has had your junk providers several times. So I might put a call out to our audience and see if anyone else wants to send their stories in so I don't feel quite so alone. I bet you that people who have had kids or people that know like people with lots of kids, they'll be like, yeah, it's not only conjunctivitis that I get all the time, but I also get coughs and colds all the time, diarrhea all the time. Mm. And like every other week there's something going on. Um, Well, thank you for talking to us about conjunctivitis us today um i know we've got a few more topics in the works so i'm sure you'll be back very soon that's great well glad to be on and happy to help so we've had a lot of requests for this particular topic which is teen skincare and i thought there was no better person to have on than a repeat guest again dr nina wines from northern sydney dermatology and laser welcome back to the podcast thank you for having me girls i'm excited about this topic i'm quite passionate about it obviously yeah the last time we spoke to you was about pregnancy skincare so if anyone listening hasn't gone and listened to that and is pregnant or trying to get pregnant wants to know what they can and can't use go and listen to that episode very informative but today we're talking teen skincare so I wanted to start with how young is too young should we be waiting until concerns like congestion start to actually happen before we introduce skincare into you know a teen's routine look it's absolutely never too early to start teaching your kids about being healthy and that really extends of course to skin health as well Uh, starting early really lays down the foundation for the years to come you know the skin has various uh, concerns depending on age and stage and it needs to be adjusted accordingly skincare needs to be adjusted accordingly obviously with time and obviously sun protection can't be taught too early the first best time to use sunscreen was yesterday (laughs) a basic um, daily routine should be in place for even from the age of 10 when hormonal changes start to affect the skin and of course prevention's always easier than treating things once they all show up all those big problems once they show up it's uh, harder to fix them than to prevent them and it is it is it hard to give like a specific age because things like puberty happen at a different time for every teenager so for some kids as you said like starting from the age of 10 that's when some kids might be experiencing the congestion and things like that that comes along with being a teenager but then others might not experience that till 15. Yeah look absolutely correct and we're all individuals aren't we so it's hard to give a definitive time but it's just that getting into the habit and routine of of thinking of skin as as the organ that you need to take care of never too early. (laughs) In terms of mistakes, what are some of the biggest mistakes teens make with their skin and skincare? Yeah, look, beyond any doubt, girls, it's absolutely over-cleansing and um, using too many products at once, you know, too many actives at once. 
can have a contrary effect on the skin, of course. And I, I really think just keeping the skincare simple and consistent um, allows it to be more achievable too. And hence, um, there's a tendency not to give up on the skincare if you make it a little bit more consistent and achievable. And also some of those really strong ingredients such as strong AHAs and retinoids um, really are not needed in teenage skin necessarily. And, um, you know, thick foundations, we've all been guilty of that in our teenage years for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really thick um, foundations, they're so hard to get off and rubbing them off that can affect the skin health as you're trying to get them off. I had breakouts and still do. And I used to try to strip my skin with like witch hazily kind of mm. toners, like he- heaps and heaps of toner. That was my thing when I was My young. brothers both had acne, so <laughs> they had like the Clearasil It was clear. Those, that, that are just yes. like pure alcohol. <laughs> yes. Those are the ones and you'd, you'd do like you do, yeah. you'd do one swipe or one swipe, you'd wait 10 minutes for it to dry, another swipe, wait 10 minutes for it to dry, another swipe. Did you make any mistakes yourself, Dr. Nina, when you were a teen? Oh, oh my goodness, absolutely. I have too many and obviously it's my greatest blessing now, but, mm. um, you know, because I know how it feels to have had terrible acne. Yeah. I used to put on, I used to try anything and everything. I remember because I used to go to boarding school and this friend gave me a bottle of ether that her dad had given her to put oh. on her skin. He's oh. a doctor. And so I remember wiping ether on my face. I mean, that's so traumatic. Anyway, um, you know, I used to, the first thing I used to do in the morning, which I'm sure, you know, many of my teenage patients do. And of course, of course, uh, many um, people do is when they've got a skin problem is the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning is just to peer in that mirror and mm. see mm. what's the state of my skin, how much do I need to cover up today and, you know, we've all been there. Mm. I've definitely over-cleansed because I hated my acne and I absolutely wore too much foundation to hide it. And I used to get this brush, you know, I you know, just had those Clinique baths when I was a kid and I used to get this brush and really scrub at my skin oh. almost aggressively because we all did it, in fact, and, um, you know, used to sort of scrub it to an inch of its life. So definitely made so many mistakes back then. <laughs> the comforting thing is that we've all been there. Yeah. We've all learnt our lesson. <laughs> it's just educating the teens of the future that they don't have to do that. There's better options out there for them. And as a dermatologist, what kind of skin concerns do you mainly see in your teen patients? Yeah, look, um, obviously it's no surprise that acne is a big concern that I see uh, um, in teenagers. Rosacea is not so common in the teens. Um, eczema, which is just that dry, flaky skin, is probably the second most common uh, thing that I see. And I do find that lots of teenagers worry about their clogged and enlarged pores. I find acne a little bit heartbreaking for some young mm. young people um, because it can, if it goes on untreated and unmanaged, cause really difficult self-esteem and confidence issues. Mm. So it's... Um, I love looking after young people in this sense because I think when you see their confidence returning when their acne is improved, it really is such a rewarding feeling to know you've you've given that child the chance to not live in a, in a way that makes them underconfident and not living their full potential. Why is acne so common in teens? 
just to get back to basics? Yeah, I mean, acne is a multifactorial disease, as we all know, but um, the hormone changes at that time of life are so extreme. Mm. So a bit like at other times in your life when hormone changes are extreme, such as menopause, etc., and certainly skin concerns are at their prime when um, in this age group for that predominant reason. And also... Being a teenager, a teenager comes with stresses and, of course, you know, a lot of other stresses which compound skin concerns because the skin is very responsive to stress. So I think they're the two primary mm. reasons. And as you said before around um, getting them into a habit, is it also sometimes hygiene linked as well for some teens too in, you know, maybe they're not washing their face enough or is it more the hormones? Yes, Certainly for some teenagers, they don't have a skincare routine, of course, and, yeah, the hygiene is is a compounding factor. But I generally find my patients overclean rather than okay. underclean. They're the ones that I see, but, yeah. For any teens with congestion concerns or acne concerns, what kind of ingredients do you recommend incorporating into teen routines? Because you've said, the, you know, the strong AHAs and strong retinoids may not be ideal for a teen routine. So what do you recommend? Yeah, well, obviously cleanser is a must and um, cleanser is on and off the skin quite quickly, but uh, cleanser containing, you know, gentle salicylic acid is fine, but not the high, high strengths, um, mm-hmm. alpha hydroxy or beta hydroxy acids. Uh, if there is a problem of mild acne, benzoyl peroxide is an exceptionally good place to start. There is very good evidence that this is effective. So beginning at a, like a 2.5% um, product, just using it sparingly. Um, I usually tell my patients to start every second night because if you overuse it, you will absolutely get too much dryness and irritation. Mm. Um, so I often tell my patients to use it with a moisturizer. Also remembering that that benzoyl peroxide will bleach your clothing and your sheets. So your mum will be, or parent, family members will be exceptionally mad if you ruin all their towels and, and um, pillowcases. Um, but benzoyl peroxide for those with congested skin is exceptionally good place to start and it's readily available. And in terms of, um, I guess, generally for teens, have you got any product or brand recommendations that you can share that might be in a more, I guess, accessible price range for that age group? Sure. Of course, as I said before, the best time to start sunscreen is is uh, yesterday. Mm. And I tend to like um, the physical blocking agents for this age group, such as zinc oxide and titanium dioxide as a chemical blockers can cause a bit of irritation. I remember my mum dragged me along to the clinic counter and had my skin assessed and, um, and so did many of my girlfriends back in the day. But the other products that I do like are Baji and SkinCeuticals, but Baji is a little bit stronger. And as I mentioned, and some of my patients are talking about Paula's Choice. Um, but at the end of the day, there are so many products on the market, aren't there? And it's just mm. about finding a routine that works for you and being consistent and, you know, having a regular routine. It's not too complex that you can't do it. And just getting into the habit of starting to uh, prioritize your, your skin health, I suppose. Mm, I wish the um, I wish the ordinary was around at that price. I was point just going to say young. that, Hannah. Yeah, I was just going to say I think the ordinary do like affordable skincare really well, but then also at the same time, Nina's saying not to overcomplicate it, which I yep. think people tend to do yeah. with the ordinary. So if you can 
start on something like The Ordinary but keep it simple, you might be onto a good thing there. So for teens that are a little bit resistant to using skincare or they aren't very good at that consistency that you need with a skincare routine, what advice do you have? Yeah, well, you only have one skin to last your entire lifetime. And if you want to address problems only after they show up, such as sun damage and age spots and wrinkles, you're missing out on that incredible power of prevention. Mm. Um, Your damage really does accumulate over time, um, drop by drop. You know, it's so hard. I spend so much of my time rectifying damage and it never quite, quite gets back to that beautiful baseline of a well-cared-for skin. Um, You know, caring for your skin in your early years will so pay dividends in your 20s and 30s and 40s. Um, You're basically just laying the foundation for the years to come. Like mm-hmm. so many things, yeah. And I did have one more question around um, you know, parents that have teens that might be struggling with acne concerns. At what point should they take them to a dermatologist to have their skin looked at? Yeah, I always advise, I get asked this question so often. When I'm asked this question, I always say, please just touch base with your general practitioner because mm-hmm. some general practitioners may be fully across acne and um, you they may not feel you need specialist referral and others may prefer to refer. So it really just comes down to the expertise and decision-making of your general practitioner uh, to make that that choice of whether they feel a specialist intervention is required. Mm-hmm. And uh, they obviously have the expertise to know when to when the threshold is there to send to a specialist. Awesome. Well, that covers off teen skincare. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Nina Wines. If you want to go and find Dr. Nina, she's at Northern Sydney Dermatology and Laser if you're looking for a fabulous dermatologist. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. Thanks, girls. So my product today is what I think is a limited edition product. So I hope it's still in stock when this episode comes out, but it is the Benefit Foroscope Four Square Palette. And Mm -hmm. there's three different variations. The one that I have is called Air Goddess. It's got four shades in it. They're all kind of variations of like bronzing, highlighting, blush palettes. So the one that I have has what I would call two blushes and two highlighters, even though one is still technically a blush. I think it's way more of a highlighter slash bronzer. So it's got uh, Dandelion in it, which is one of their classic benefit blushes. It's a beautiful, really sweet pinky shade. Love it. Mm -hmm. The second one is Solstice. That's more of like a rich, rosy, almost a red, I would say. It's a very, very deep pink. And then there's their highlighting shade Blaze, which is also stunning, and Georgia, which they categorize as a blush, but it's certainly more of a, a highlighter, I would say. It it doesn't throw off pink to me. Mm. So it does seem like it's more of a bronzer shade, but they say it's blush, so we'll go with that. Um, but I actually like to use Georgia as an eyeshadow because it has a a really warm, it has a really warm payoff to it, but it's not too pigmented. So it's as pigmented as you would expect a face product to be, not as pigmented as you'd expect a um, eyeshadow to be. Mm. So I really love this. Um, it's $65. I don't know if the others, other variations are still available, but there's definitely two other palettes as well. One of them has Hula in it. We both really love Hula as a bronzer. So if you're more into a matte bronzer and you need a new Hula in your life, 
get this palette because then you'll get all the other stuff with it too. But if you're into more of a really glowy, ethereal kind of vibe, then I would go with the Air Goddess palette, which is the number three. That's the one I've got at the moment. Megan got the one with a hula, kind of low-key jealous, but um, <laughs> I do really like this one, so I would recommend. Um, what are you – oh, you know what? My sister-in-law sent me a text about your product. You didn't know you needed Ah, yeah. Well, Hang on. I, I gave it to her to try. Yeah, I would never really have thought to go for Inica for my skincare. Yeah. Um, but I got a few products from their new skincare. It actually came in a really nice, um, like, makeup bag. I don't know if you got yes. that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I decided to try the Phytofuse Renew Resveratrol Night Cream and I am loving it. It's like got a beautiful texture. It's got antioxidant protection with resveratrol and it's kind of like a whipped cream kind of consistency mm-hmm. but um, really hydrating and I just think it's a really good all-round night cream for those looking for one. Oh, I've just gone into my text with her and it's actually yes. the one that she sent me was the Phytofuse Renew Maca Root Day Cream. Ah, okay. So it's it, it's still Inica, but it's the day cream version of that. She sent me a photo and she said, I'm really enjoying this. And I said, what do you like about it? She said, I, I like the texture. It's thick, but it absorbs nicely and the smell is divine. The packaging is really nice too. And the little spoon feels like porcelain. Did you get a spoon with yours? Yeah, I, don't, I never use the spoons. I just throw okay. Them out. Yeah. She said, "I'm only using the day one at the moment, but use the eye cream too. Same feeling as above." So she rates it too. Yeah. So the reason I actually decided to grab it was because I've been reading this book and it talks mm-hmm. about resveratrol being yes. um, like an anti-aging. Yep. Resveratrol is great. Resveratrol is derived from grapes. So you would have heard about it from like red wine. So that was the reason I wanted to try it because resveratrol helps to neutralize free radicals. So, um, which can cause premature aging. So that's Mm -hmm. why I chose it. And I, I'm really fussy about my moisturizer texture. Really fussy. Yeah, you are. So this one's got a great texture and feels really nice on the skin. Mm -hmm. It's also natural ingredients and 82% certified organic ingredients. Yes. So for anyone into more of your clean skincare, that's a good route to go down. Um, post-lockdown plans, Hannah, you were meant to be going to New Zealand. I know. So. I just got it. I just got a message from Qantas this morning to, oh. they like, to have just like moved our flight two days. Oh. Um, okay. So now. Oh, that's good. And I'm assuming Qantas will just keep moving it, um, without yeah. asking until, yeah. <laughs> yeah, until we're allowed to go. That's I, good, I guess. <laughs> Qantas doesn't know this, but I'm not really working. So that's fine by me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just lit- literally just book it in whenever you want. Qantas, mm. I'll be there. But aside from that, I really am going to get back into dating, I think was the other thing that I'm going to do. Ah, okay. I feel like only a few weeks ago you said I was I've ranting. I was ranting. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah, very erratic, but okay. People people are going to like comment like she's like, can Hannah stop ranting? Um, <laughs> I was in a really bad headspace due to being um, flaked on multiple times in one week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a much better headspace now. Good. I did take it quite personally, but I'm not taking mm. it personally anymore. <laughs> I've actually read, uh, like, this is quite funny. I've, I've just emailed him back this morning, this expert on rejection. I'm interviewing mm-hmm. him for, for my other podcast. Um, so I don't know if I've told you this, why rejection hurts so much. Sorry, it's going on yeah. a tangent. It's because it is so interesting. Rejection activates the same part of your brain as physical pain. 
Really? Yeah. So they've done like studies uh. on like the brain and like people think about a time that they were rejected and it activates That's like so interesting. the physical pain, like the parts of the brain. And he, oh, I wrote, wow. right, he's, he did a TED talk about it and like I read his article and I was like, I, ha- I was like, he'll probably reject me. Um, but he did it. <laughs> so. <laughs> He didn't reject me, so um, I'm going to well, learn a bit. Well, he's clearly an expert. Yeah. He doesn't reject anyone. <laughs> so back when I was ranting about the guys from Bumble, um, I was mm. in the midst of like physical pain <laughs> in my yes. brain. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but I'm, ba- I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about it now. Um, I think I've re- – like, you know, it's all about mindset, Joe. Yes. It's all about yeah. your mindset and I've shifted my mindset. It's not about me. What are you going to do? Uh, so my um, Dalesford trip got cancelled and so did my Sydney trip. So I think – you know what I really oh. want to do? I want to go back to the Sundays because I haven't oh, been nice. there since I was a kid and um, I really do want to go back and enjoy that. But I do feel like it's a very romantic destination. And I'll go with you. Who I you may go have with? to – Oh, all right. Yeah, let's go. I wonder if we could get a free trip to. Uh, the oh, 100% uh, with Sunday's uh, marketing team. I reckon they do have their own PR team. Let's, Hit let's us up. Go. We're keen to go. I don't think we should leave that in. That sounds. Um, yeah, definitely leave that in, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. All right. Awesome. We could take oh. we could take Beauty IQ to the Wit Sundays. Yes, like sunrise. You know how sunrise yeah. go to Wit Sundays. Sometimes <laughs> they record from like <laughs> Hamilton uh, Island. Let's do it. Uh, look, Wit Sundays out of my budget. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right, Excellent. keen. Yeah, leave it with me. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.